everyone. Welcome to the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Aguinal. And I'm Fulmaholic. And you think that we're going to be like, oh, let's talk, just talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. But there's so many other things to So many other about. things. Yeah, it's there's never a dull moment in the sports world. And I was telling somebody this yesterday. The news cycle, it's constant. It's constant. There's if, When you work in sports or talk about sports, there's more than just the sports to talk about. So, Nicole, let it rip. <laughs> well, that's why, because that's why we want to do this podcast, because, like, there's always a story, no matter where you're looking. And even, like, there was a story within a story within a story. Like, even just looking at the Super Bowl really quick about how it's, like, the, the story. It's, like, you have you know, the two black quarterbacks in black history month for the first time ever. Then it's like the two quarterbacks from Texas. Then it's the two brothers playing in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like there's just stories upon story. It's Andy Reed in Philadelphia. Nick well, Sarah and it's Andy. also, you know, Andy Reed hand selected Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, who are yeah. now the vet, the core veterans who are leading this team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, story, him. story, story, story. It's like so many. We could do two podcasts a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny because, like, I obviously watch and listen to the New Heights Kelsey podcast, and they have this like massive team where they have like these graphics and the lights and the microphones and all you know all the social media stuff and they're the producers that ask them questions and i'm like wow to be a multi-millionaire what a treat we are we're almost there we're we're we are the little engine that could but we are yeah. chug it chug wait how many chuggas do you do before you get to the choo-choo okay hold on chugga 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 choo-choo eight wait okay hold on I think I do 12. I think I do wait, 12 chuggas. Let me just do this one more time. Hold on. Chugga, ch wait. Chugga, 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 chugga. Choo, choo. No, I just did eight again. Yeah. So I do chugga, 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 choo, choo. I do 12 chuggas. That is a lot of waiting around to get to the choo, choo. Isn't that like, how do you, and then I did it with my brother and sister. My brother's like, chugga, chugga, choo. And he does two chugga's. And I'm like, what? There's no buildup. I he, really. He I didn't even like let this, the engine heat up. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like this is a good psychological. You know what I mean? Like how there's probably, many... yeah. There's probably some like study on like your chugga personality. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like, chugga, chugga, choo, choo. I was like, that's too fast. Maybe right. mine's too long. They're like. Where are we? What do we do? I think eight. I think yours is a good chugga. He's it's on like the, he's on the Acela Express. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're Amtrak. I'm the damn regional rail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the big story, obviously, last night, and well, we're recording this on Wednesday. So the big story this this week besides the Super Bowl was a little Laron Laronda Laronda James Laron James. LeBron James broke the all-time scoring record and he obviously took over from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is awesome that Kareem was able to be there. Oh. Very cool. And he's Kareem. If you, you know, follow basketball and follow Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think that he's just such a cool dude. And he's always like for the other players. Now, like I'm not dissing like, you know, Shaq and Charles and all those guys, but you know, I feel like sometimes they come to the party with a little bit of like a chip on their shoulder because sometimes when their accolades get passed, they don't necessarily love it. And then you have like the Jordan, the church of Jordan people who come out of the woodwork and like try and knock LeBron down. But like, then you have Kareem who I feel like always shows up for the occasion and is always genuinely happy yeah. for the accomplishments made by others. And he's just such a good guy. I mean, I, if you ever get the chance to read about him and the work that he does, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, um, you know, a step above the rest. But yeah, I think it's awesome that he was there. And the thing, the story, because there's a story within a story within the story, I feel like not enough people talk about the James family, you know, and just like LeBron, how despite all his basketball accolades, like he's been scrutinized and under a microscope since he was 16 years old. And I say this about him a lot. And I say how, you know, when he was a teenager, he understood what was being asked of him. He understood at such a young age that you have the potential to be the greatest or one of the top two or three greatest basketball players of all time. One of 
the most famous people of all time, but that means your life is going to be scrutinized. And he said, okay, like I'm up for the challenge. And he's managed to live such a life with such conviction and such work ethic and his charity work and not being afraid to use his voice and starting a school. And not to mention, you know, being with his wife and having his three kids and how much his children love each other. If you, there's a really sweet video, two really sweet videos. One was that Bronny was carrying his sister, which was so sweet. Yeah. And then the other video that went viral was how Bronny and Bryson were sitting and they were filming and they were waiting. And Bronny's like, I think this is it. I think this is it. And they're filming their dad getting, and then they jump up like, Oh my God. And then it's the video of Bronny in the locker room with LeBron showing him the video. And it's really cute. Cause LeBron's like, did you save that? Did you yeah. save that on your phone? They're like, so, his family. Like, yeah. His family is so sweet. I, I feel like, and I'm thinking about when you're talking about his mentality, right. And how, from a young age, he had to accept that. I think a lot yeah. about um, Kobe Bryant, whose um, death anniversary just passed, which is crazy. Yeah. Three, three years. Um, so insane. Um, and, you know, I always like, and how much they supported each other. Right. Like think about right before Kobe passed the scoring record, like all that other stuff that the different um, things that LeBron beat. Um Kobe kind of had that mentality too. It's like that mama mentality. It's that self-discipline. It's that like knowing what you have ahead of you, knowing that you have the potential for greatness because you have such accolades at a young age and then honing in on that instead of like weaponizing it. And I yeah. feel like LeBron did that too. And without like his support system around him, like his family, his dedication to his family, but that all comes down to discipline. Yeah, you know? 100%. Yeah. And that's and I feel like that's where like he uses his family as his support system and like doesn't waver from that. And right. I feel like that's why they're so close to this day. Yeah. Well, I do think LeBron was a better person than Kobe. Kobe yeah. didn't do Kobe got better as he got older as a human being. He was Oh yeah. You really read and see what Kobe did when he was a kid and in his early 20s or even early 30s, he was a dick. Yeah. And you know, whereas LeBron and maybe he maybe he has indiscretions but he just hid them better. I don't know. I mean, it, there's a possibility, but it, it's harder to hide stuff now in the world. So like, Kobe oh God, yeah. Didn't have the scrutiny in the social media world that LeBron did. Yeah, no, that's you know? a great point. That's a really great point. Um, So I just, I think it's important to talk about that. And just the fact that, you know, he has these two sons who have to grow up as LeBron's sons. And he talks a lot about it, about how him and his wife work really hard to make sure they know like they're their own person and that, they're getting support. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff I think is, I think is really, really important that. Yeah. It's it, well, it's, LeBron's like a team player at home too. Right. He's yeah. like, he's like, we are a team. And then like, he puts in the work that he has to do like for his family, as well as he does on the court. Like, remember that video of him going on vacation in Italy and he gets off of his private jet and he has like his exercise ball under his yeah. arm yeah. because he need he, whatever his exercise regimen is, it's almost like Tom Brady yeah. in a way. Like there's a reason why these men are the greats and the greats right. in their game. It's because that discipline and that like constant focus and the ability to have the resources that, that, I mean, that's half of the battle, right. Is being able yeah. to focus on your game 24 seven. But like, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, I'm so thankful that we get to witness this much greatness in our lifetime, I love it. right? And we get to see you Tom. and I, yeah. Like you and That's I have that. We get to see LeBron. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. And I think too, the, something that's interesting just about um, LeBron too, is a couple of days ago, he shared, it was their, their family chef. And he shared all these photos with the chef. And he talked about like, how she's not a chef she's part of the family and that like they couldn't live and do what they do and it was like something simple like that where it's like he's very open and honest about like hey we have a personal chef but like she's part of the family we're so grateful for her and I was like this is cool you know what I mean that he didn't have to do that um but the uh, the opposite side of LeBron in the NBA because we do got to get a we do got to talk about um Tom and what Tom did this week and but is, is the Kyrie story. And I think that Kyrie is an interesting story and people want to hate on him, but I think Kyrie is, is similar 
the way that like Carson Wentz doesn't really care about football because of God and the way that Ben Simmons doesn't really care about basketball because it's just who he is, is kind of like Kyrie. Like Kyrie was born with these incredible genes to be this elite, elite basketball player, but like he doesn't really care. And I think that you just kind of have to take it for what it is. Like it, it's like the meme where it's like, am I the drama? Is it me? Is it me? Am I the drama? And it's like, he doesn't want to play by the rules. And there just are some people in life that don't want to play by the rules. And it's such a hard thing for people to digest because he's so elite. And if he would just commit to a team and to be an elite, he would be unstoppable, but he just doesn't care. And you just have to, you know, it's the same thing about people want to hate on Ben Simmons. And it's like, he doesn't care. Same thing with Carson Wentz. Like he doesn't care. You care more than they do. So like, you just have to let it go. Well, it's funny too, because you know, all this stuff now that's coming out, all the memes and saying how they're real, how Kyrie's realizing that Mark Cuban's Jewish and not Cuban. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so, it's so insane. But, um, it's, it, it's hard, right? Because it's like, again, resources. I can't get over. I I think about people who have access to resources to thing. And it's like with Kyrie, I feel like it's a waste at this point because it's like, instead of all the good he can be doing, he's such an egotistical maniac that he's just doing nothing but detractive and propagating negativity into the sport and into the world and not, and, 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 and to himself, like, I wish people would just take the microphone away from him. Kind of like how we haven't heard from Kanye. Like the, Look at these people. He is he? I will say about him because obviously he's been very problematic in a lot of ways. But he is very philanthropic. He's done a lot of th- things that he doesn't publicize, paying for funerals and paying for full scholarships, and he does a lot of that. And so he isn't just a very interesting character. Where like he just doesn't want to be a teammate. Like he just doesn't. He basically just wants to like quote unquote like. He's very anti-establishment is what he is. Yeah, you know that's I mean? a good way to put it. And and there are people like that that exist and they go to, is his birthday? It's very Aquarian of him. When's his birthday? He seems like an Aquarius. Doesn't he? Yeah. He is, God, he just turned 30. March 20, March 23rd, which means he's, he's a Pisces Aries cusp. Interesting. Well, Pisces are very like, woe is me and kind of dramatic. So maybe. And then the Aries, Aries are all about themselves. So there it goes. I just nailed it right on the head. He does seem more like an Aquarius. He must have Aquarius in his chart. Somewhere. But you know what? Aquariuses don't like to sit still. They're always on the move, which makes sense because he hops from team to team. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is, you know, they're, they, they never could sit still. They're always on to the next thing. Oh, I know like, that. Yeah. I know a lot of Aquarius is in my life. <laughs> no, Aries, Aries. Oh, Aries. Aquarius is are aloof too. Yeah. No, Aquarius is aloof. Aries don't sit still. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you ever meet an Aries, like they can't, they can't relax. They're always on the go. They're always doing a million things. Yeah. And in fact, it's really funny because, um, I had dinner with one of my friends, Cheldon, who, I'm, I'm doing this panel in, in Nashville and she's one of my speakers and she's like that. And she's a Taurus. And I was like, you have Aries in your chart. And sure enough, I made her do her chart and she, and she had Aries in her. She's like, how'd you know that? I was like, because you don't sit still. Like that's a, that's like Aries biggest qualities. And I'm a Leo and I, all of my close friends and my mom are Aries because like, I like people to do things for me. So (laughs) I get the Aries to do it. Like the perfect example is the polar plunge that we did. Like my friends and I did that like weird fake polar plunge a couple of weeks ago. I had the idea for it. I was like, why don't we do our own polar plunge? Yeah. So we get there and it's like 25 degrees. And my friend Jamie's like, you're ridiculous. I go, well, we don't have to do it. But the three other friends of mine are Aries and they're like, well, no, we got to do it. Like we said, we we're going to do it. So then I'm like, okay. So I was like, this is such a good astrological representation of personalities right here. Like the Leo came up with the idea, but it's the Aries that made me do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Leo, Tom Brady, thirst trap photos. I I'm so happy for Tom. Like, like look at, look at our little TV. 
coming out of his shell. I look, this is the evolution of Florida man and Tampa Tom Brady. And I'm here for it. Everybody was like ripping him. I was like, you go, Tom. So in case you missed it, he posted a thirst trap photo of him in his underwear. And it was just like him sitting on a bed shirtless, like no clothes except his underwear, which were like a nude color. You know what I mean? So like you really had to do like um, made you look woo woo. Uh, But the memes were the best part because my favorite one was like, uh oh, Tom's acting like a recently divorced dad who just lost his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, he is. He is. But you know, Jordan, Jordan posed in his underwear. I was thinking about that. I was like, you go, Tom. Look at you sell, selling your little, your little skivvies, your little man trunks. I'm, I think I'm here for it. I can't wait to, I'm waiting for him to grow out his hair. And like start playing like the acoustic guitar yes. at this point. And like dropping yes. like and like driving like a 67 convertible, like a like, Corvette convertible or something. Cadillac and, convertible. Oh, he's like beep, beep. It was so funny because people were like, listening. well, then I'm seeing Tom Brady naked on my timeline on my bingo card. Like <laughs> listening to dust in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he I just think it's hilarious. He's like, oh, it's Super Bowl week. And I'm not there, so I need to post a thirst trap photo so people still talk about me. He looks great. I gotta give it to him. Oh yeah, he looks he looks amazing. I, can you? I just can't picture him sitting there though, like taking that picture. Like, I mean, it's not the first. It's not the first time he's taken. Do you think that's the first time he's? No way, because there was another commercial with him in his boxer brief. So. It was a commercial, so it was it was more cheeky. This was more like trying to be sexy. Right, but that's what I mean. Like, I have any, you know, when you, t- I mean, when I take selfies or you take pictures. Oh, of God, yeah. A million, right? Yeah. So it's like, how many do you think he took to get to that final one? He's like, where he's like flexing the right way, you know? Right, like, <laughs> right he's like, oh, wait. Okay? I want to get my, I want to get my delts. I, I need to make sure my delts are being seen. What is that? <laughs> Shoulder muscles. Oh yeah. Yeah. The deltoids. Yeah. Oh my How God. My traps look, my traps look good. Should I, should I flex, not flex? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so funny, oh, um, but like good for him. Like, you know, he's almost 46 years old and I want to get to a story about somebody looking super hot. We'll get to that to the end, like in the pop culture segment, but we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers and how he's going into a dark den. <laughs> I read that I was like, "All right, Aaron. Look, again, resources, the time that people have, what they choose to occupy their time with. What did he do? What Iowa did he do that ayahuasca? Yes. So he went to like South America and did like the shroom tea. Yeah, I think he and- did, Yeah. I I this this might be an overflow of uh of that. Yep. And this says, so what he says, he's going on a darkness retreat and he's going to spend four days isolated in complete darkness, pitch blackness for four days and four nights. It's a step he's taking toward reaching his final decision on his playing future. It's very Jesus of him, isn't it? So, you know, that that's maybe he's hoping for, for a resurrection. Oh God. I mean, he's with the hair and everything. I mean, but you know, Jared Leto did something similar to this Jared Leto, who that's a whole, that's a, it's its own podcast where they have that weird cult and everything. Do you know I met him? I did too. I interviewed him. Oh really? Yeah. Where did you enter? I mean, meet him. I met him at the 32nd to Mars concert in at Kahunaville in Delaware in like 2004 and he signed my CD and he, he took a liking. I was young, but there was like, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting exchange. <laughs> and what happened? But he has that Nothing. thing about him where he goes like, hello. And he like t- talks to you in this way. And like, he holds your hand and he like looks into your eyes. Yeah, it was there. There, It was a, they had to, they were like, do you want her to stay? And I was like, no, I gotta go. It was this whole thing, whole yeah. thing. He probably didn't know that I was 16, but I was oh, probably didn't know. Well, how old would he have been in 2004? He well into, he probably was 30. Yeah. Yeah. Probably was 30. Yeah. Cause it was like, I had like a private, cause I was on some like 
guest like the like cd collection guest list where i got like this like private meet and greet with the band because they were opening for the used wow wow so, yeah we're and we're if we're throwing it back yeah so we got to meet them and stuff before this was yeah oh my god i haven't thought about that in a while and the, what i'm pissed though is he signed my cd and the only way he signed it was with like a triangle yeah that was like yeah he's 51 okay so 2004 that's almost so he was like 34 years he was like 34 years old yeah yeah maybe he was trying to figure out how old i was because the exchange was so awkward yeah he is a very weird dude i've been i actually interviewed him twice and interviewed him twice and met him maybe two or three times or three or four times because 30 seconds of Mars used to come in to radio one off or five a lot, but they then were an he, excellent I, band. I love their band. Yeah. And I, I'm not really into rock, but, um, he's strikingly beautiful. Strikingly oh, beautiful. Yeah. And the one time he, I actually interviewed him on Valentine's day. And so then I did this like whole bit with him where I talked about how like Jordan Cat Catalano was like, everybody's like ultimate Valentine. And he like went with it, but you know, he's a V, you know, he went to U of arts, right. In Philly. Did you know that? I think I did know that. And he became a vegan because he ate a cheesesteak from a food truck. And he said he thought he was going to die and hasn't eaten meat since. <laughs> I'll do In it Philly. sometime. Yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't have gone to a food truck. Bad batch. Bad batch. Um, so why did I bring? Oh, so Jared Leto does these all. And it, there's this whole thing where like supposedly like the his the 30 seconds of mars they have like their own fan group called um hold on 30 seconds of mars but they say that it's like a cult and there's a lot of like young girls which oh my god maybe he was trying to get trying to get you in the cult well and this i'm telling you this is the year they came out like this is one of their first years on tour like it had to be if they were opening they were opening for the used the oh, they're called, it's called the echelon that's what it's called so the 30 seconds of march is called the echelon and they have like these like retreats right and everybody wears white and anyway he was on this retreat where it was a silent retreat no phones no sound and he was there for like a week or two and it was it's when the world shut down so he came out of this retreat back to la and everything was shut down and he didn't know about the pandemic because he was locked away for two weeks i wonder if that's what's gonna happen to aaron Right. He's going to come. They're like, we don't need you anymore. Later, or, see ya. Or, or Tom Brady is going to unretire while Aaron's right. in the cave. <laughs> right. Aaron's in the cave. But like, Aaron, just wrap it up, move to Sedona and open a crystal store. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you could do your shawarma tea. You could wear the crystals around your neck. You could play in a flag football league in Sedona. Like, you could just, it's or, time. He doesn't even have to go to Sedona. He could come to Philly. There's a rich community of that here. All those shops on South Street. That's true. Right? Come on. Come on to Philadelphia. We accept what's, any and all, any and all from near and far. What's and, that mystic? Is it mystic, mystic Philadelphia? What's it called? Mystical on I, South Street? Yeah, I was just there not long ago. Um, it's like mystique or something, isn't it? Oh, mineralistic. Mineralistic. That's it. To third and south so you know what aaron come on over yeah Here come on go. down to mineralistic um i'm sure they'll welcome you with open arms <laughs> I, and listen, open I, caves i obviously respect like everything oh my god they ha it's basically like a cave he could be in the cave and mineralistic he could <laughs> and then he comes out on the south street and says <laughs> i am not going to continue to play i mean what I mean, I'm glad that he's going inward. He's going so inward that he's going to sleep for four days. What's he going to do? Just you know where he needs to come is out. Out? What do you mean? Because oh. <laughs> you think he's gay, right? Oh, yeah, I definitely do. There's, Maybe listen, that's a whole that's a whole podcast in itself. Just just Google like Aaron Rodgers roommate, Kevin, you know, and read like the whole that whole thing. And and there was there was a legit story slash rumor that like it was right before he started quote unquote dating olivia munn that he and five other players were supposed to come out and they, they had the cover of time magazine and he backed it at the last minute and then all of a sudden was dating olivia munn and all of his relationships are on timelines they're very much pr relationships 
it's they're all people who need a boost. Olivia Munn was in like the early stages of her career. She needed to be more well-known. And then the contract ended. And then all of a sudden it was Danica Patrick, right when she ended her marriage and ended NASCAR, her career needed a little bit of a new direction. Boom. Then all of a sudden it was Shailene Woodley. Big Little Lies was over. She wasn't doing anything. And then she needed a little boost. Yeah, that makes sense. I never want to speculate on someone's sexuality because like we're not doing that anymore in 2023. But I do think, you know, the, the conversation of, ooh, because you just see the whole thing with Jeffree Star and his NFL boo. No. Are you following that? No. Oh my God. Okay. So Jeffree Star is the problematic makeup artist. He's always in drama. And he posted a picture on his private jet and it was, it was a picture of him in the front and then a guy turned around and was like off to Wyoming with my NFL boo. And so all of TikTok and Instagram and Twitter has been trying to figure out like who this NFL boo is. Wait, off to Wyoming? Yeah, they're going that he has a whole ranch in Wyoming. Well, where is where's Aaron going into the cave at? I don't know. I don't know, but I'll show you the picture. I'm so just so then it became like all these NFL wives started like defending their husbands and Jeffree Star was like, ladies, leave me alone. I don't date married men. And so everybody was basically like, you know, what's going on? Um, Jeff, Maybe it's not a player. Maybe it's somebody else. Right. And like, the question is, is what NFL star would okay can you see it Jeffrey tweeted this photo saying his team didn't make it to the Super Bowl but he's six six and plays perfect yeah in the his team didn't make it to the Super Bowl but he he's six six and plays perfect in the bedroom and so people are saying it's Carl um, Nassib, which is annoying. Cause like, just be, if you follow Carl Nassib, which I do, he has a boyfriend who is an Olympic swimmer. Like it's not Carl, like just because Carl's the only openly gay player does not mean it's him. And so anyway, all these people are speculating who it is. Here's a better picture of it. Oh, and then, wow. the, and then there's this. Yeah. But my question is, is like, would this NFL star, like anybody that I know, not that I know too many NFL players, but any, but I follow the league a lot. Like they're, they're so protective and, and respect what they do so much that they would never like, I don't think that they would be like part, like get caught up in Jeffrey stars, internet drama. I mean, I guess it depends on what, their motivation is right like or what their ceiling is in the nfl what their personal motivations are right maybe they're just like i don't care like if i it could be one of those other people who just doesn't care yeah maybe he's like i don't care like is he did he say he's gonna reveal who it is he said he's going to the super bowl but he didn't say anything else but then under Jeffrey's TikTok, there was another guy that said, I can't wait until my NDA runs out because I'm ready to spill all the tea. And this guy's in Philly. And he always split his time between Philly and Boston. Wait, 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 wait. Who said this that? Is, this is another person. Yeah, let me find it on TikTok. Hold on. Clearly, you could tell I've been invested. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so Jeffrey Star, okay, so this is what he posted. And he said, um, look, see. Right. And everyone's like, it's orange, it's orange. People were saying that it's it's one of the tight ends from the Chicago Bears because there are women on TikTok that made Excel spreadsheets and went through the whole NFL roster looking for men with ears that aren't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when it's not ears that are a little off center okay who is the NDA in Philadelphia 
I'm looking. Hold on. People are saying it's Henry Anderson. <laughs> Henry <laughs> Anderson's probably sitting at home like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so funny. We're like, it. some of the NFL wives are funny. And they were like, babe, babe. What was this Wyoming trip you told me were going on? You know what I mean? Like a lot of like really had a good time with it. Anyway, I have to look because it was originally a pin comment under Jeffree Star's TikTok of this, of this kid, not kid, man, who said that like his NDA ran out. He can't wait for his NDA to run out. And when I like clicked his Instagram, he posted that he that like he can't wait till and when I went on his Instagram he's in Philly and he's always back and forth between Philly and he was in Boston which made me think that he's from Philly but the NFL player is is plays for the Patriots interesting well I guess we'll have to follow this one so I have to yeah it was maybe he deleted the comment I don't know but I, of course, like went down the rabbit hole and I was like, oh my God, like I need to know who this is. Cause he was like, I can't wait for the, for the NDA to run out so I could talk about it. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, there's so many, you know, I want the story. I want the love story. I want the love story of two players who are in love, but they can never be out and about, you know, that there's numerous stories like that. Oh, probably. I mean, I think the way that, you know, we're going as, you know, the world kind of expands and opens up, hopefully we're going to a place where that'll be, um, you know, normal. it's like Brokeback Mountain, but it's called like, you know, football size matters. <laughs> Love has no size. <laughs> Love has no size. Move the chains. <laughs> I like move. I like move the chains. So like anyway, I'll I'll do some more TikTok research. See if I can find that. To see if I can find that other guy. It looks like okay. he, the comment was pinned, but it's not. So anyway, not that we're speculating anyone's sexuality because we're not doing that anymore. But if you're into gossip, just Google Aaron Rodgers, and you know you'll get the scoop. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes out of the dark. When he comes out of his darkness, <laughs> to see what he chooses. Did he say? Um, and he, he didn't say where he's going. He just said he's going to go into darkness. That's all. Right? Uh, Pat McAfee. I guess I got to. There's too many podcasts, so make sure the yeah. Lipstick League is party number one. Yeah, and then just follow Twitter for all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's true. Wait, give your before you talk about the Super Bowl and the pop culture stuff. How's your foot? Give the people an update. Uh, so it hurts and I'm trying to power through and do what I can, but it, it hurts. And if you're struggling with any sort of. Because people, people saw you in a boot Instagram and they got worried for you. They're like, well, what happened? And then you, you were like, here we go. Yeah. I had to post the picture with the boot and everyone's <laughs> like, what happened? So I had to tell people my ankle was broken. Um, but the picture bed. you posted, you're like my ankle for no reason. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what yeah. it was. Power walking and just twisted a twist of the ankle and broken. I was working out with ankle weights the week prior and I've been told you're not supposed to do that. So I advise against that because it probably stressed my ankle. And now here I so am. Even if you still are doing Jane Fonda's workouts, take off the ankle weights. Take off the ankle weights. If you're walking, see, you can do them at home to like, strengthen your legs that's what I oh, okay that's what you can do I walked in them and you're not supposed to do that got it so how about my mom and her two best friends did go to see 80 for Brady oh they did yeah my oh my god it was so damn cute it was so cute Nicole I <laughs> just want to I love Jane Fonda she's so hot and I love how she um like basically stalked um Sally Field and who else to like be her friend she's like I sought them out and I was like no we're going to be friends. And I was yeah. like, I love that. She did the call her daddy podcast. And I wanted to listen to the interview and she's such a rock star. And she talked about that. She's like, yeah, you know, Sally's kind of a recluse. So I have to, you know, basically stalk her and be like, we're friends. Hello. But she, the whole episode, she talked very much, I mean, about her life and stuff, but talked about the importance of female friendship yeah, and the importance of having a support system and how, you know, she's been married three times and like, 
men never, ever even came close to the love and the care she has from her, all of her female friends. Oh, and, and it's, it's so true. Men don't yeah. necessarily have like the emotional bandwidth to understand or like comprehend the complexities of female issues. Yeah. And it was really I funny. Think. She said she's been in her house now in LA for seven years. And there was a, there was two bathrooms in the bedroom, like a, you know, one for like husband and wife. And she goes, oh, hell no, no man has ever lived in this house ever again. So I made both bathrooms for me. <laughs> she was she's awesome. And then the one really good part of the interview, she talked about how, you know, she was such an activist and yeah. how yes. she got so into it, but she felt bad because there was a lot of situations where like she'd seen other protesters getting beat, but she wouldn't and how she yeah. was treated so differently. And she was going to give it up. She was going to give up her movie career to be a full-time activist. And she said she had a really good friend of hers who is a, a black male producer. And he said to her, like, we have activists. We need movie stars. Like, we need you to be as famous as you are to have a voice. And yeah. she said that was like, a, it was really strong. So shout out to Jane Fonda. I do want to see 80 for Brady because I think it's really cute. My mom's like, oh my God, the way they wrote it, Nicole, so funny. I <laughs> Wasn't she, what happened? Oh, it was the Vietnam war. That's right. That she was yeah. um, in super opposition to. And I feel like, what isn't there something I felt like, yeah, the government was involved. She was arrested. Yeah, it, was mean, it was intense. She went through some shit. Jane's been through it. But I mean, look at her out here still kicking, still doing her thing, doing movies with now with Tom, you know, about Tom Brady. Good yes, she's 85, 85. Beautiful, Beautiful. Well, I love her. Badass women. Let me just talk about this quick. So the Magic Mike movie is coming out. It's a third. I didn't even realize there was a second Magic Mike. Did you? No. <laughs> yeah. Didn't so realize- can, I, can I just put something out there? Yeah. I, I was never like a Channing Tatum gal. Okay. He never really did it for me. And I feel like he looks, <laughs> if you've ever gone to like a retro fitness in Northeast Philadelphia, <laughs> there are 50 Channing Tatums running around. I promise you, you want that shaved head, the gray sweatpants and that, and that build <laughs> go to Northeast Philly, walk into any LA fitness, retro fitness, planet fitness. I promise you there's a Channing. I, and I don't, I don't mean that to be like a bad thing, but I always looked at Channing Tatum and I was like, he looks like every jacked dude in the Northeast. Like, I, I don't know. He just never, like, he's a beautiful man. Don't get me wrong. But like, it just always cracked me up because I always saw him and he would just be like in sweatpants and a white and like, you know, he would be in sweatpants and a tank top. And I'd be like, he looks like every guy in Northeast Philadelphia. Like, does this guy put on pants? Like, so I get it. I do think, though, that Channing beautiful. I'm has not, a more no. sophisticated look from the guys at Grant and the Boulevard. I do. No, I, <laughs> I can look. I'm telling you, it was it was when the first ma Magic Mike was coming out, and I think they were putting him in the sweatpants on purpose as like part of the appeal. And I was like, I can't with the sweatpants, like. The dudes I grew up, like sweatpants 24 seven, I'm telling you. And the difference is it's Channing Tatum. It's not like, you know, Jimmy Testaverde. <laughs> it is. He is Jimmy Testaverde. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yo, I'm just going to go get some menthols, menthols and wall. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm, okay. Look, this was the first magic mic. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> is he not stop it he's he's going to get his gains at retro on the boulevard then he's did you watch speed. the grammys i didn't watch the grammys okay no. well bad bunny was wearing <laughs> stop it tell me he's not in look he's leaving that's his that's his steve stakes that's his whiz with yeah it's his, it's his wawa bag before wawa went plastic free <laughs> yeah with his, with his pack of newports yes but, you know, they asked the players on media day who would play you in a movie. And I think it's hilarious that all these players are like Will Smith, Denzel Washington, I'm like Will Smith and Denzel Washington are 60 years old. You are 23. <laughs> like, they're, they are grandpas. Like, 
there has to be other young, attractive, really good black actors that could play you besides Denzel. He is pop up. <laughs> he may be seventy. They're like Denzel. I'm like, what? Well, that's like the dream. I mean, I like if I, so, you know, if I were wanting somebody to play me, and in- he's sixty eight. <laughs> Devonte Smith's like Denzel. I'm like, I mean. <laughs> What? Every answer was Will Smith or Denzel. I'm like, anyway, Travis Kelsey said Channing Tatum. And I was like, I, yes, I see That's it. A, okay. I see yeah. that. I see that. I- <laughs> yeah. So the whole point of this conversation was Selma Hayek because there's a Magic Mike 3 coming out. Selma Hayek is 56 and she plays Channing Tatum's love interest. And I was like, let's fucking go. Like 56. She is, she is the hot sex appeal like this is what we're doing you know jane fond is 85 and channing's 41 42 so it's like she's but like she's playing the love interest and i'm like yes that's what we're talking about i love her she's freaking phenomenal I know, but and, you said she was forced into her marriage. What's well, that? What's What's funny is I was just reading the other day. I was like, is this what she wants to talk about? There was this <laughs> news story about how Selma Hayek was like, um, it was a surprise wedding. And she was like, she were, it was sprung on her by her family, friends, and her partner. It says it was an intervention. They brought her to the courthouse and she had a phobia of marriage. That's why. Oh, well, you know, her husband owns all of Estee Lauder. He's like one of the most richest people in the world. Wow. Yeah. And she, he's they were, and they for they were like, come on, Salma. No, and I guess let me like tell you, joke, it but... looks like she's with him for his uh personality. Um, <laughs> because he's not Channing Tatum, so it makes sense why she agreed to do Magic Mike. <laughs> Super unattractive older older Let me man. See. This isn't a bad photo of him, right? Is that him? I think so. I think he had some work done. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Hold on. Here's another. <laughs> but speaking of Channing Tatum, so they're called Neds, Northeast Philly dudes. <laughs> so Channing Tatum's a Ned. Um, J- uh, Travis Kelsey also looks like a Ned. So yeah. it makes sense that they would play that. And I always say Jay, Joe Burrow's a Ned too. Wait, Joe Burrow is 100%. 100%. Isn't he a Ned? But his, okay, wait. His, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I see. Is he Irish? He looks Irish. Some he's French. He's French. He's French. And his name is Francois Henri Pinon. Um, but he's only 60. He looks like he's about 85 in some of these pictures. He does. Yeah. Um, his, of- wait, what's his net worth? Go ahead. Um, and speaking of just the age, age thing and women and aging, I just, I was really, I didn't watch the Grammys, but I was very upset. Oh, because I did Fox Monday. So I went to bed at like eight o'clock. Right. So great job, by the way. It's on our, it's on our Instagram. Yes. On our Instagram. Thank you. Um, I, so I, I was upset to see like all the men who were kind of trashing Madonna's face, like, you know, making fun of the way that she looks and all this and you know all the fillers and all the work that she's had done and it's I feel it's it's a shame that that's what her face looks like now I think it's horrible that we as women have feel the need that like that's what we have to do to ourselves to maintain like the standard of beauty that was set by men so like and I'm not like I'm I love men don't get me wrong this isn't like an anti-men thing but like if you have the balls and a lot of the dudes do to just like openly like make fun of the way that some that this because how old's madonna now she's not young she's what 60, in her 70, 60 something 60 something she's in her 60s like i just felt like i'm just like grow up 64 you know, like, oh my god what happened to madonna's face you know what happened to it like stop like right it's it's years of like abuse from society trying to maintain the image of youth and like having too many resources there we go back to the resources again. yes 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 this shit you know what i mean like just stop making i i just don't think we need to really make fun of like like yes and and the dude like you're part of the problem like yes and it's like fun of her are also the same guys who are like wow she like look how old she looks or uh, or they're the ones who are like leonardo who are like 
50 and dating like teenagers. You know what yes. I mean? It's like, yes. it's like, yes. like Leonardo DiCaprio is actively dating a teenager and people are on the internet like, why is Madonna filling her face? Like, what do you mean? Why is Madonna filling her face? The men in her age bracket and Leo could be in her age bracket are dating teenagers. So like, yes. what do you mean? Yes, Natalie. Sorry, that's all I had to say. It's so true, but people can't think that deep. They don't see it. They can't, they don't see that like the beauty standard has been set by, by white men and then they grow old and still want to date the beauty standard they set, which is 20. And so when women then try to meet the beauty standard, then they're just continuously made fun of. It has to do with like the Pamela, Pamela Anderson documentary. I haven't watched it yet. Did you watch it? Oh my God. I've watched it twice. You know, I love her. Yeah, but I, I love her like, deeply. Yeah. I always have. I watched Baywatch. My sister loved Baywatch. I, loved I love Baywatch. Baywatch. I loved, I mean, like CJ Parker. Like she, I loved her as a kid. Like I watched it and yes. Oh my God, Pam, go on. Sorry, I'm having a moment. <laughs> but that was the thing is that like people ostracize, what, ostracize. ostracize her. And I had this epiphany the other day where it was like, people tell women men tell women like if you're too sexy you're a slut but if you're not sexy enough then you're ugly and so it's like you have to find just the right amount of sexiness to make you feel respected and it's so fucked up when you think about it you know what i learned i learned that the youtube algorithm um if you're like a live streamer on youtube um the algorithm uh, clearly it, it favors men in general, but the, like women have, are still having a tough time cracking that like glass ceiling and YouTube world. I'm yeah. again, I'm speaking on this from very limited knowledge. I don't want to pretend like I know exactly. What right. Um, unless you show skin. Jesus. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. But to think about what people did to Pamela Anderson, when you really, I mean, the same thing too with Britney Spears. I mean, all what, the way that people, Anna Nicole Smith, another example, just absolutely annihilated these women. And the story about Pamela Anderson, which I love, is how well-adjusted and intelligent and amazing her sons are and how much they love her. And they produced the documentary. And it was like she dedicated her life to being such an amazing mom. And yeah, it's just the fact that women have not burned it all down yet is a miracle. Well, I have a funny anecdote and someday when my memoir comes out, it'll be chock full of these goodies, but there's a, there's somebody in the Philadelphia sports um, broadcasting world now who I met with years and years and years ago, who I was looking for, for advice. And it's a man. And he said to me, you know, you can't be too hot. You now you can't be too hot in broadcasting because no one will take you seriously. And that's why some certain people have their jobs because nobody like the hot chicks, the attractive ones, they're like, just like the eye pieces. But like, if you want to have something to say, like you can't be that hot. Right. This person still is, you know, on the air. This is what mm-hmm. he told like a 20 year old me. I'm like, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. But like, again, like what, like, what does that even mean? You like broadcaster man this is your this is how the broadcasting industry works if you want to be a woman in the industry you need to be attractive but you can't be too hot because no one will take you seriously if you're attractive because everybody's going to think you're stupid but then if you're like but then you won't get the jobs if you're not that attractive oh yeah that it's sounds insane. great setting me up for success that was advice that was literally solicit like solicited advice i went to this person for advice and that's what i was told at like 21 years old. Yep. Yep. It's again, I mean, I think we talked about the period stuff on here before, right? Where like we were made to think that we should be embarrassed of having our period. Like, oh, you're in a bed moon, you're on your period. Oh, when you have your period, you're in your rag. I'm sorry, Brad. I have blood gushing out of my vagina yep. and have to use a cotton swab to stick it up there and stop it. Yeah, I might not be in the best mood, Jim. Like you can't win, we but were, we are winning. We are winning. I we think were, we're made winning. to feel like we should be embarrassed. It is crick. How about the fact that it costs money to to have tampons and pads? I know. What I if think- we all just stop using tampons and pads? What if we all did? 
Blood everywhere. Massacre across the street. I, t- I talked about when I went through that horrific issue, you know, in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I, and when I was on the phone with my doctor and I said, I work with all men. I can't be, I can't be spontaneously bleeding everywhere. Like I can't have that happen, you know? And the fact that you felt bad about that. Yeah, I did. Ugh. I did. Ugh. All right. Um, so let's talk about the Super Bowl. So how are you? Well, where are you? Do you want to relive 2018 really fast let's relive 2018 I um so 2018 I I watched at Bourbon and Branch in Northern Liberties with Mac and Marie Marie is my lifelong best friend um who I probably talked about on the pod before but her and I watched together uh with her boyfriend Mac and my friend Dave and his girlfriend Liv we had this like really fun crew. Um, we just watched at the bar there. It was so nice. It was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted because I had worked every home game and every playoff game that season. So it was real. I was, I felt like really fortunate that I got to have that time to watch the game and enjoy it. Like with my friends this year, I think I'm probably going to watch it with my family. You know, my ankle, I'm still still on IR. (laughs) So I'm probably going to take you are game. still on IR, I'm on IR. <laughs> game time decision. Game time, game time yeah, decision. Literally, literally. Um, so that's probably, I'm just going to chill and watch it. What about you? So I, my best friend, Joe, he had people over in 2018. And so he's having people over this year too. And so it's a different apartment, but he wants to be able to, he, I mean, he got this like fancy new 60 inch TV for Christmas. So oh, amazing. It's a reason to like have, it's not, you know, just like a handful of people. But one of my favorite stories from that season though, is that his old apartment was long. And so he had a fairly big TV in the living room, but there was a decent amount of people coming. And he was like, you know what? I think I need to get like a 19 inch TV and hook it up in the kitchen with an HD antenna. Right. And so an HD antenna is just like the rabbit ears where you, you know, it's 10 bucks and you hook it on your TV and then you can get free TV. Oh yeah. Cause you don't have a TV. Do you? I have a TV. You do? do. How do you have, do you have it hooked up? Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think you had one. Oh yeah. Um, but you should get an HD antenna because could you have cable? Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. I have everything. Cause you don't really watch TV. So sometimes I'm just like, you're one of those like people who reads instead of watches TV. <laughs> I mean, that is me. Don't judge me. So I have, I have cable in my living room, but in my bedroom, I don't want to pay extra for it. So I have an HD antenna. So you just get like some random channels, all the reg- the local channels and stuff. Yeah. So Joe gets the 19 inch TV hooks up to HD. So it's this little TV that he has on his counter. Well, it turns out that the, that the Verizon Fios feed is like five seconds later than the, than the HD antenna feed. So all the people are in the living room watching on this big TV. And then there's like five people huddled around the 19 inch TV in the kitchen, but they're seeing what happens before the other, before we do. So it got to a point where everybody at the party was huddled around this 19 inch TV because we started because they would cheer before we saw it we're like and so this year he has a new his apartment's different it's laid out differently so there's there's one tv so i love that well uh yeah i mean we'll see like i was feeling really good and then i sent you the article where it said three astrologers predicted the chiefs are gonna win and i was like like i was no here, here i'm Juju, 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 Juju. I don't, I don't believe those astrologers. How did you feel though in 2018? Did you feel? I was so unsure. I didn't think, I don't know if I thought we were going to do it. I mean, I, this, I was talking to my friends about that. This year is very different from 2018. It is. Oh yeah. Different for me. Um, Just because that was like a, like one of my, one of my good friends, um, Victoria Woodle, Victoria Woodle, her husband, Matt, um, I grew up with him. Great guy. Um, he, he always jokes about it. He says, you know, like I thought when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, like my life was going to like completely change. He's like, I thought like I'd finally land the job that I wanted. And that like, I would lose like a ton of weight and like have this like extreme, like physique. He's like our entire lives. Like yeah. Kind of like hedged on the moment when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> he's, and he's not wrong. Like it felt like that up until that moment. This time 
it doesn't have that like oh, are we finally gonna do it like, 100% yeah it doesn't have that um feeling so I think like the anxiety was so much more but also like that was Nick Foles I know facing Tom Brady like I know this is Jalen Hurts facing Patrick Mahomes which I think is and again we talked about storylines and storylines and storylines like Jalen Hurts kind of the underdog the season he's had his development as a player facing Patrick Mahomes who's been a quarterback unlike any like you know they're saying he has he's already in the hall of fame without and and he's so young right so like the matchup is equally it's good I think it's more even it's not Nick Foles versus Tom Brady you know so I, I don't feel like I remember being like so unsure like but not thinking, not wanting to think that they would lose. Right. I, well, I, I just think that this is a better foot. I think that the Eagles are a better football team. I think that like our defense are, is good. Our offense is good. Like as long as Jalen gets the ball out and like makes those decisions quick enough, I think that we'll be fine. Hassan Reddick, he's ha- like, he's, ha- he's been playing out of his mind. I like, I, I think we're like on the defense. I think we're going to be fine. I really do. Well, knock on wood. Um, I will say uh, two things is um, two things is one, all my time hop stuff was coming up. And because remember, there's 17 games now. So all the Super Bowl stuff happened a week earlier in 2018. So like today that we're recording was the parade day. Yeah. And so I had pictures come up on Broad Street after they won. And it was like, I've never cried and wanted to throw up and it was such like a physical experience in 2018, like that, you know what I mean? You forget how emotional and like, I remember after they won and everybody celebrate and I just sat there like, is this, re- is this real? Like, is this really happening? It's just different. But I will say that I was listening to sports talk and this week, and they did talk about how Jalen's never produced in a massive game that as the games got more intense, when you look over his college career, even over this year, as the games got more important, he's done, he hasn't played his best. You know, they talked about how he got benched in college. And then even in the game when he was in, cause he was in Alabama and then went to Oklahoma and how that, you know, both of those games he didn't do well in. And then obviously he was still hurt when they played against Tom Brady last year. And that was a disaster. You know, he didn't play really good against the giants. He didn't really play the best last week against the two weeks ago against the Niners. So I never really thought about that. Right. And it really does make sense that, can he perform in big moments, you know, because we know Patrick Mahomes can, you know, Patrick Mahomes with one damn leg pulled out the win to get them to the Super Bowl, to get them to the the AFC championship game, to get them to the Super Bowl. So that in and of itself is, is an interesting storyline. Like will Jalen finally be able to win the game because he's never won the game. Yeah. I think he's, he's not the same Jalen that he was in college. And I mean, the, regardless of like his performance, he was play, he was being played hard, but he still, he did still win. You know, he, he, they beat the 49ers and they are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think, I just think that he's so dedicated, even that post NFC championship, like his celebration sitting in the locker by himself with his Prince jacket on smoking the cigar, like taking it all in, like, I, I have so much confidence in him and this is coming from me who I'm one of those people who two years ago, I was like, this is a disaster. How is this ever going to happen? You know? And like, I saw one of the reporters apologize to him, a sidebar, the dumbass questions at, um, at, um, media day, at media day and radio row, like just be, just be more thoughtful and be well, talk about the tweet. Talk about the question yeah, so, that I retweeted you. Yeah. The tweet went viral that a reporter got up there and asked Nick Sirianni, which Eagle he wouldn't want his daughter to date. And I'm like, you get one, right. You get one question. And not only are you trying to like pull a negative piece of information about somebody, right. But like, why wouldn't you want your daughter to date somebody? And that's the first thing it's like, you're trying yeah. to put a negative spin on it in general. 
then you're sexualizing a completely benign American sporting event, everybody involved and also a child. Like, yeah. How are we not past that yet? It's insane. And, and, like, and, and that somebody thought it was having like, like the best response. Yeah. My daughter is five years old. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a weird ass question. You yeah. creep. Like that's, that's what you're going to ask when you have this time with the the head coach of a Super Bowl of a Super Bowl team. You're going to say, which player would you not want your daughter to date? It's so weird. It's so weird and creepy and old and antiquated and creepy and everything wrong about everything. Typical, yeah. Like it's everything it, wrong with like the typical. Everything. Like, yeah. And we don't know who asked it though, right? No, it never came out who asked it. But I said that person should be kicked out because it's like, just the question was just too stupid mm -hmm. i said they should be kicked out for being a creep a creep but like there are such things as stupid questions and that was a stupid question yeah uh, but yeah no i think jalen i look that's my guy i'm i mean i love him, him too i just i i mean i love him so much that like i want him like i want it to be like i said i said last week that I feel like the 2018 Super Bowl was for Philadelphia. I feel like this Super Bowl is for Jalen. Yeah. You know, I want him to get that moment. Um, but I was feeling good. And then like, as the days go by, the, I, the anxiety starts creeping in, creeping in, creeping in. I'm not letting it. But this is, a day for, but this is a special day for you besides the Super Bowl day. Oh yeah. So what's funny is, so my grandmother passed away in 2005. So right after um, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl in 2005. And we joke around and say that she hung out to see if they would win. Yeah. And you <laughs> they, talked about how you've been, you've talked about her on the podcast. You were very close. Oh, very close. She was such an instrumental part of my life. Um for so many reasons, but, uh, really, really took really extraordinary care of me as, um, you know, a little girl and as a teenager and, uh, you know, my mom was a single mom and, you know, there was a lot going on in my life and in my childhood. And my, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother and she was a really, really important part of my life. The, the Sinatra, the old movies, everything, like everyone's like, why do you like all old stuff? And I'm like, well, I was raised by my grandmother, you know, she, right. she, she was my happy place. So, she passed, yeah, in 2005 after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. I, I remember because um, they lost Sunday and I was painted green, right? I was painted green. My face was painted green. My And I went to school the next day and I still had green around my hairline because I tried to wash it off my face and it was the most depressing. Um, That's so funny. Bus ride to school ever. And I remember my dad came to pick me up because she wasn't she wasn't going to make it. So he came to pick me up from school that morning. And before I even got like the Eagles just lost, I was the Sunday, this is Monday morning, uh, got to the hospital. She ended up passed. So I got to say my goodbye. She passed that night, that night I wasn't there. Um, and then, yeah. So we say that she hung on to see if they would win the Super Bowl in 2005 and she didn't. Yeah. Um, so February 8th around that date was when the, it all kind of blurs together. So then 2018 roll around the parade was on February 8th yeah which is the anniversary of her death and I I remember that morning thinking about how it was the anniversary of her death and how you know I believe in I fully believe in the afterlife and heaven and signs Fine, and all that yeah. stuff and just saw medium and that confirmed it and um she you know I was like that's a beautiful gift because it was kind of like you know all these years later it's still kind of the super the parade being on the eighth and her death being on the eighth and it also being like the day when she died in 2005 so today's the anniversary of her death and I miss her very much and I feel like if you know you've lost somebody in your life and it doesn't matter how many years go by like it never gets easier and yeah because you were like, how old when she passed I was 16 yeah I mean I that's was young. yeah it's young I was young and it's crazy now right it's like I lived more in my life without her than with her, but like, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. It well, cause really... so many of your formative years are your childhood, you know, like same thing too. I mean, my Grammy who I have so, I mean, I was 13 when she passed away, but like, I still feel like she was such a part of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, you know, it's, it's wild, but oh, I was thinking, I just been, I was thinking about her yesterday. I woke up today thinking about her and 
she, you know, she loved Philadelphia. She loved the Eagles. That's how she said she, yeah. she was an Eagles lady. Um, but yeah, I just think about grief and, you know, if you're struggling and sometimes the Super Bowl <laughs> and even the World Series, like all that stuff, especially for Philadelphia sports fans, part of the most incredible things that I got to witness, especially during that first Super Bowl run was everybody who was celebrating the life of somebody that they lost, who was also a fan. Of yeah. the team. So if you're out there and you're listening, you know, they're all with us and they're cheering on the teams too. And, you know, it's a journey. It's a journey. And that's yeah, it is. It's that. so <laughs> much bigger. People forget that sports are so much bigger than just the sport, right? It's just the, it's the camaraderie. You know, my, one of my best friends, Jamie, who is not into sports at all, came down for the Super Bowl parade because he just wanted to experience it. He just loves experiences. And he's like, I never really realized this is why people love sports. It's for all of this. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how old. And I actually went to see the Broadway play come from away last night, the Kimmel. And it's very similar to this because it's a, it's a true story. You would absolutely be obsessed with it. It's a true story where on nine 11, they had to ground every plane coming in and out of the U S and so they almost 7,000 people, I think it was like 35 planes had to land in Newfoundland. And it was this really, really small town outside of the airport in Newfoundland that had to house these 7,000 strangers. And they had no idea when the airspace was going to open again. There was basically like no hotel rooms, nowhere for these people to go and how this town literally opened their homes and all these strangers stayed in these other strangers homes and they fed them and they it and so it's about this community that came together for in such a strange time and and they're based on real life stories like the one story that's highlighted in the play is this Beverly Bass who was one of the first female pilots from American Airlines she was flying from Paris to Dallas and had to land her plane in Newfoundland. And it's, it's an incredible story, but it's about camaraderie. That's what, you know, it's about the, yeah. the good part of humanity. And that is why we love sports because it's, it is. it's a good, it's the camaraderie. It's you, you come together to like root for the common good. And in this case, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Always, always the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, and on that note, Go birds. We go birds. Go birds. That's all we can say until <laughs> until next week. But we have a lot coming up on the Lipstick League podcast. With, tell them where we're going Friday, Nicole. Ooh, Friday. We're gonna go interview Allison Bree and Dave Franco. Woo! Yes, for their new movie. Love them so much. You know, they've been a couple for a while, which I think is so cute. And they've been doing a lot of movies together. And yeah, they're coming to Philly doing a junket. We are invited to to go do it. So we're going to do an interview for the podcast. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. So make sure you check that out. I still anticipate we'll have Jennifer Slay on. She's busy, um, but she agreed to do our pod as well. So lots of lots to come on the Lipstick League. And we will talk to you next week. Mwah. Mwah. I know, I know.